Welcome to Mach 10 Sports. Glad you could join us. Got a lot to review here. We had a championship week. Georgia getting the 50 to 30 win over LSU. We also got some college football, final college football playoffs. Who's in the playoffs? We got SEC bowl games. We got transfer portal. I'm going to give you my top five to six guys, I think, currently from the SEC in the transfer portal. Uh, and then finally, we're talking a little SEC basketball updated net, net uh, sorry, net first net rankings came out yesterday. Go through that. And then just some score updates from this past weekend's game. So let's, let's get right into it. SEC championship review. Georgia getting the 50-30 to 30 win. Georgia controlled majority of the game, just kind of as we expected. I, I thought LSU would cover the spread, 17.5. Game ended up being 20. Eh, I, I'm an honest guy. I could tell you the game is probably a little bit worse than what the score indicated. I think it would be fair for anyone who watched the game. Georgia averaged 5.8 yards per carry. That's where it was won. That's where it was lost. Jaden Daniels hobbling around, could barely put any weight on it, even when he was standing around waiting for the next call from uh, the sideline. You could tell he was leaning to one side. He couldn't put anything on that. So, again, the two keys to the game both worked out in Georgia's favor. Uh, Jaden Daniels did not look like he had the ability to move around much, especially after taking a couple hits. And then when you got into the second half, Georgia could not, I mean, LSU could not stop the run as Georgia averaged 5.8 yards per carry. Uh, if I had to critique Georgia on anything, it would be the just giving up explosive plays. Ohio State, that game could be a little bit sneakier than people are just giving it credit for, especially after people still have the jaded image of Michigan uh, going to the horseshoe and just kind of separating themselves in the last uh, three and a half quarters on from Ohio State. But they do have the skill guys, I think, to potentially test Georgia, put some stress on that defense. I think they got the most ability from a skill set standpoint to test Georgia out of anyone in the playoffs right now. Um, Garrett Nussmeyer, moving to LSU a little bit, came in with nothing to lose, attitude a little bit. Brett Farvish uh, had some turnovers, but also made some plays. It'll be interesting, does he hang around? I was I was impressed, but I think if you take him, you have to take him with the understanding that, hey, there's going to be some turnover, uh, some turnovers. You're the there's a high ceiling, low floor with him. You're going to love him at times. Man, hell of a play. Then you're going to be like, God dang it, Garrett. We got to throw that away, man. Throw that in the fifth row. Um, so I think some things like that. Other than that, the game was pretty, I mean, one of the more boring SEC championship games, if I'm going to be honest with you. I mean, I think everybody kind of assumed LSU losing A&M last week kind of took a little bit of the luster because LSU had been in the playoffs. They'd uh, finished with two losses, won the SEC, beat Georgia. And I think Georgia is honestly the most complete team in college football. We're going to get into the college football playoff rankings here in a minute and my thoughts on that. But as you know, Georgia is going to come in at number one. I think this is the uh, the most complete team, as I said last week, in an incomplete season. Um, they have some of their holes. I just Honestly, I think this will be the one where they're tested. This one on December 31st against Ohio State. I think this is going to be the game in the playoffs. If they could lose, maybe this one... And, call, and it's weird to say because I do think the best two teams are Georgia and Michigan. But I think Ohio State's a decent matchup if they can hold up in the trenches. We'll get into the previews later on here in, a, in a, the next uh, two weeks. Let's move on to the college football playoffs. On Sunday, they announced the final college football playoffs. As everyone knows, Georgia finished one, Michigan two, TCU three, Ohio State four. I think they got the four most deserving, but not the four best teams. I think right now Alabama is one of the best four teams right now. Honestly, I would, Alabama is probably three if you're just ranking 
uh, off best teams. I know people are like, well, you're just going by you know, recruiting rankings. No, I don't think that, I don't think that's necessarily true either. I've watched TCU, I've watched Ohio State, I've watched Michigan, certainly watched Georgia. Uh, I, I think Georgia and Michigan are better than Alabama. And I'm not saying on a given day TCU or Ohio State couldn't win. I think Alabama would win seven out of ten times, maybe six out of ten times against Ohio State. Um, I think we're splitting hair here. But I do think Alabama has more of a gripe against Ohio State, who, I mean, they may have a little bit better to win with Penn State and Notre Dame, but you just, I hold, like I've, like I've said the whole time, as we've gotten later in these playoff stages, I hold the blowout losses against you. But this was about, this is what you thought. It had been mad chaos if Alabama would have got in. So they got the four most deserving, but I don't know if they got the four best. We got to find a middle ground. Because uh, I feel like some some of the critical factors they choose these teams on, they differentiate each year. But again, the final playoff rankings, if some reason you missed it, were Georgia 1, Michigan 2, TCU 3, Ohio State 4. Moving to the SEC Bowl games. Pull it up for you right here. They announced on Sunday every SEC team's bowl games. And let's lead it off on December 17th in the Las Vegas Bowl. We'll have Florida against Oregon State. That'll be one of the bowl games right there. Then you got to do, let's go through it all. The, sorry about that. The computer shut down for a little bit. All right, moving down. Here we go. All right, Oregon State, Florida. In the Las Vegas Bowl. Uh, then we have, moving down, we'll keep trickling down here a little bit. Then you have Wake Forest versus Missouri in the Gasparilla Bowl in Tampa. That'll be on Friday, December 23rd. Then moving down, we have the Liberty Bowl on Wednesday, December 28th. Intriguing game to me, Arkansas versus Kansas. Then we got the Texas Bowl. That'll also be on December 28th. Texas Tech versus Ole Miss. That'll be in Houston. Uh, then you got, moving down, let's go to the Orange Bowl. You'd have on December 30th. You got Tennessee versus Clemson, who I think is one of the better bowl games, too. Uh, also on December 30th, South Carolina versus Notre Dame in the Gator Bowl. It's probably my favorite non-CFP game. Uh, and then, obviously, the playoffs. We get into the playoffs here on December 31st. You got Georgia versus Ohio State out of the SEC. Music City Bowl. You got Iowa versus Kentucky. And then the Sugar Bowl, Alabama versus Kansas State. Those games are all on New Year's Eve. Uh, Monday, January 2nd, we got Mississippi State versus Illinois. Citrus Bowl, LSU versus Purdue. Uh, and then that that's all the SEC bowl games right there. So, I mean, just initial glance at these. I would say games I'm fired up in the in today's time and how we talk about bowl games. Probably Kansas, Arkansas, and the Liberty Bowl. If Arkansas didn't come to play, they may get beat in this game because Kansas is going to have no opt-outs. This is their Super Bowl, similar to Kansas State with Alabama. That's another one in the Sugar Bowl. Alabama's had, what, eight, nine guys into the portal since, it's, since it opened up yesterday, and we'll talk about the portal here in a minute. But what would that roster look like? Alabama hasn't been in that situation a lot. Back in 2019, when they played Michigan in the Citrus Bowl, they didn't have a lot of opt-outs. So that was intriguing. Uh, I think Notre Dame, South Carolina, like I mentioned, out of all the SEC Bowl games, the non-CFP ones, the Gator Bowl in Jacksonville on December 30th, I, that's intriguing. Notre Dame, South Carolina, two teams in in the season, pretty hot. I mean, Notre Dame finished, what, one of four of the last five. South Carolina got two big wins in the year against Tennessee and uh, Clemson. 
But uh, South Carolina, I mean, what will some of these rosters look like? I mean, I saw Jaheim Bell left. They're uh, tight end, versatile kind of guy that use it fullback sometimes for South Carolina left. Where will that be? Tennessee, Clemson, a lot of orange in the Orange Bowl. Uh, how would this be? I mean, look at Joe Milton. Is he, is, is he going to be the starter for Tennessee next year? It looks like Cade Klubnik will potentially will be, probably will be the Clemson quarterback next year, especially with DJU entering the transfer portal. I think that's another very intriguing game. Obviously, Ohio State-Georgia in the playoff. We talked a little bit about that. That is an intriguing game. But let's call it what it is. A spade. Let's call it a spade a spade. The bowl games now, a lot of, it's like NFL preseason football. That's what it is. The football junkies are going to watch. They're always going to be there for the ratings, uh, the TV views, all that. You're losing the casual fan, though, because, as you know, most people get a little bit fired up at the beginning of August. Oh, it's football. They've been holding out. It's football. Well, it's kind of the opposite in college. People have gotten their fix. And I think with the transfer portal, um, kids opting out, sitting out for the NFL draft. I mean, hell, Jackson Smith, uh, Jackson Smith Najiba for Ohio State. Uh is sitting out the uh, playoff against Georgia. Not, not because I think he's just totally opted out. He's been banged up with a lingering hamstring injury all um, season. Hadn't really been with the team. But again, my point being, bowl games kind of feel like preseason. You're kind of more fired up. Like if you're an Alabama fan, are you not fired up to see maybe Ty Simpson or see Jalen Milrow again to see, like, ah, can one of these guys be our quarterback going into the 2023 season let's look at some of our depth but again it's ugly football at times because a lot of these guys had not got a lot of playing time and then you go look at LSU last year if you have a coaching change or it just goes bad in the transfer portal you're playing with 33 34 scholarship players and you have a former defensive back or I think receiver from last year playing quarterback against Kansas State in your bowl game it's on one end of the spectrum or other not as many good bowl games as there used to be uh but I still feel like I said you got your two or three like I mentioned Kansas Arkansas very intriguing to me in Liberty, uh, in the Liberty Bowl. Notre Dame, South Carolina, intriguing as well. Tennessee, Clemson from a future perspective. Then Alabama, Kansas State in the Sugar Bowl. I mean, Alabama's not going to be real fired up, but you best Kansas State, they're not going to have a lot of opt-outs. That's their Super Bowl. This could be one of the best, this could be the best season in Kansas State football history, potentially, if they if they win this game. Uh, especially, I mean, at the very least, the Chris Kleiman era, his, one of his biggest games in his career. So, that's, that's the SEC Bowl games. Uh, in total, we had 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 bowl games with SEC teams in it. If you think Georgia wins like I do, that'll add 12 and they advance to the national championship. That's where things sit right now on December 6th as we head into the bowl season. Um, moving to the transfer portal. So as you know, the transfer portal window opened up yesterday. I'm going to read you the official rules. Uh, so yesterday, December 5th, starting at midnight, uh, the transfer portal opened, the transfer portal window. So kids will be able to enter the portal once they officially get uh, cleared by their compliance. They have the compliance, the school they're currently at, their compliance office has 48 hours to put them in. As you'll see, a lot of these kids will announce, um, will announce that uh, via social media they're in, they're not officially in yet. I've heard... Uh, some stories about some teams thinking kids are in the portal. They send their coaches for these in-home visits to these transfer guys. Well, they can't have contact with them, or that'd be a major violation. Granted, I don't think the NCAA has the teeth they used to, so, I mean, what are they going to do to you? Uh, but similar to how, like, Bo Davis at Alabama had. He got in trouble for going into Jeffrey Simmons's home when he was getting recruited between Alabama and Mississippi State. Mississippi State took a picture, turned him in, and ultimately cost Bo Davis his job. If you have, if you have contact with a prospect in a dead period or before he's cleared to be having contact, 
at the very least, you're not going to be able to recruit that kid, and therefore he's not going to come to your school. So it's a big deal. So coaches are sitting in hotel rooms having the recruiting department refresh. Oh, is he in the portal yet? Is he in the portal yet? Well, shoot, I'm supposed to go in his house. Let's go. Well, coach, they haven't produced him. I mean, think about it. Some of the, if a kid's leaving you and you don't want him to leave, you really think a school's going to go in there and, oh, yeah, we'll put him in immediately. I'm going to stay late, 8, 9 o'clock tonight to make sure this kid's paperwork gets into the transfer portal because we want him gone. No, if they want him, they're going to drag their feet because they have up to 48 hours. It's just how it's going to work. You do the same thing. But the transfer portal, a lot of kids, I mean, let me get the number right now. Somebody just texted it to me. The transfer portal numbers as of last night, in total, if you can count football bowl subdivision, FCS, D2, D3, total be 3,340 kids currently in the portal. Um, look at some other stats for you real quick. We have, I mean, FBS 942 right now. It's just in the last 24 hours. That's just FBS. And let's even throw in FCS 1,034 from the FCS level. Uh, it's a lot of kids, and there's not that many spots. So somebody's going to get only 40% of them in the past two years have found homes. It's starting to become 40, 50, 50 shot if you even get picked up. Now, like the other kids leaving from the Alabama, LSUs, Ohio States, Texas A&Ms of the world like that, yeah, they're going to get another shot. But the rule you got to remember from these mid-tier schools, let's just call it like a school maybe like Southern Miss, they take a transfer, it's his second transfer. You know what, the kid goes to Southern Miss, you know, I'm out down to work out, I'm not going to make it to the NFL, I'm done with football. If he decided to quit and just go to school, he so he counts against Southern Miss as 85, they're on the hook with him until he graduates. Or let's say, hey, I don't like it at Southern Miss, I still want to play football, I'm going to go enter the portal, but you know what, this is my third school, big red flag to any other schools, I'm only at Southern Miss right now. Someone may not come get that kid, but you know what? The school, Southern Miss, is still in the hook until he leaves and enrolls in another institution or he graduates. So that kid may just sit there and just take classes on Southern Miss's dime. That's only from a, tra a kid, you taking a transfer portal kid. If you sign a high school kid, he goes in the portal. Once he goes into the portal, you can cut his aid. He doesn't count against 85. But if you take a transfer portal kid, you better make sure you hit on him, especially at the mid-levels. You know, getting off topic a little bit. But... Just going through the portal, a lot of kids, you'd be surprised. A lot of big-time quarterbacks nationally. Let's get into the SEC transfer portal. I'm going to give you my top five, six guys that are already in the portal from an SEC school. Not saying they're going to another SEC school. They're leaving the SEC. But uh, Ra Ra Thomas from Mississippi State, wide receiver, had 44 catches, 626 yards, seven touchdowns this year. Has two years remaining. Look out for Georgia here from what I'm hearing. Uh, number two, Tamiche Adelaide. Uh, Adele, sorry, Tamiche Adele, uh, defensive tackle from Texas A&M. Defensive tackle is hard to f come by. Big kid, uh, a lot of upside. Like I said, Tamiche Adele, good player. Remember when I was there at Texas A&M? He's play, only played in two games this year, upside through the roof. He has four years remaining. Someone will be very intrigued. Jaheim Bell entered last night. I talked about him earlier. Tight end, running back, versatile weapon for South Carolina. Playmaker for South Carolina that was probably underutilized some under Marcus Satterfield. If you don't remember, Marcus Satterfield has now left. He is now the offensive coordinator. Got back with his guy, Matt Rule. They're at Nebraska now. So I, it's, it's a little bit for South Carolina. I saw Dan Mullen uh, said he was not taking that job today as the offensive coordinator at South Carolina. So with the portal and stuff, teams are going to come attack them. But, hey, who's your OC? Do you want to play this? We'll utilize you X, Y, Z way. Well, how are they going to utilize you? They don't have an OC in place. they they got to get a guy named here soon. I'm not trying to rush the decision. You want to make sure it's the right hire. But 
that stuff is uh, happening on the back end. Um, Jaheim Bell could line up, like I said, at tight end running back, had his best performance against Tennessee late in the year, uh, has three years to play two. And when I say that, he has three years he could be on the team when you include a redshirt year to play two. Uh, Dominic Lovett coming in at four, wide receiver Missouri, led, from Missouri, led Missouri in both receptions and receiving yards, coming off a breakout sophomore performance rate, 56 catches for 846 yards, productive slot guy for, Do, for Dominic Lovett, Dominic uh, Lovett from Missouri. Number five, uh, guard, offensive guard, Javian Cohen for Alabama, two-year starter for Alabama, two years remaining, had some mental health stuff this past offseason, never really seemed like he was real right, took a break from the program this summer, uh, just looks like he needs to get out of there. If I remember right, from Central Phoenix City uh, in Alabama, in East Alabama, but Javian Cohen entered two-year starter at Bama, a little shocking. Uh, number six, finally, kid I like personally, Cavassier Smoke, running back from Kentucky. Uh, got a little bit of the load early in the season with Chris Rodriguez out. Took a little bit of a backseat once Chris came back. Grad transfer, one year remaining. Production went down, like I mentioned in the second half, but was very productive throughout his entire career at Kentucky. I mean, the guy leaves the program with over 1,500 yards. He's 20th all-time in Kentucky history. I mean, it's a pretty good running back coming from a program like Kentucky, what Mark Stoops has done. Uh, they have to establish the run. He's 20th. I know it doesn't sound awesome, but think about it. As many players, running backs have played in Kentucky, you're in the portal, one-year guy. You need some depth. Uh, Kavassier Smoth, he, he could start at a lot of schools. I like him, big physical bruiser. Those are just some top five, top six names that kind of I noticed yesterday hitting the portal. If you follow me on social media, I'll post those guys uh, daily, retweet, like, even give my comments, two cents, come out with se some segments as the portal keeps rolling here. And remember, this is the portal window, so it goes from yesterday, started yesterday at midnight, December 5th, goes through January 19th. January 19th is when this will end. So it's going to be a big cluster here for over the next month and a half for these colleges, even before their bowl games, after their bowl games. And let's be honest, bowl games are probably the third or fourth things in the third or fourth um, issues of importance, probably moving on. Let's be honest. A lot of these kids aren't playing in it. It doesn't have the luster like it has anymore. Hell, the Sugar Bowl is at 11 a.m. on New Year's Eve. I mean, just it doesn't matter. You're more worried about building your roster next year. You get the 15 practices, but a lot of them aren't participating because they're either in the transfer portal or opting out. You get some young guys developed, but leads to some ugly bowl games. But, hey, I'm a football guy. I'm going to watch it. I still like the bowls. There's no denying, though, the luster of it's a little gone. But, like I said, these bowl games taking a lot. Big back seat for some of these programs after talking to some of these colleges uh, these coaches in college and some of these personnel people. Just the bowl game is not of importance anymore. People just don't really care. More worried about getting the roster right for the spring more so than right now. But let's transition a little bit. Let's get into basketball. Uh, big basketball, SEC basketball. Uh, uh, net rankings basketball came out yesterday. First one. Getting into it right now. So, just to give you some SEC teams, Tennessee comes in at four, seven and one. Uh, Mississippi State, the big shocker here, coming at fifth, eight and zero. I anticipate them being undefeated when they play Alabama uh, on December twenty eighth, first conference game in the hump. I don't know how great the atmosphere will be there because it's Christmas break, eight o'clock on a Wednesday night, but it'll be as good as it could be. I think it could potentially be a top ten matchup, depending on what Alabama does. But I anticipate Mississippi State being thirteen and zero in this game. I think the only other game they could potentially lose. Is uh, in the next week they go at a week and a half they go at Minnesota maybe there but they're top five right now in the net rankings at eight and zero Alabama coming in at nine seven and one they're only lost to UConn 
Uh, see SEC rolling down. Arkansas coming in at 21. They're 7-1 in as well. Auburn coming in. Another undefeated team. Not getting talked about a lot at 23rd. Auburn's question how well they will play on the road. Their overall scoring ability. I don't trust their guard play to consistently play well. But you got to think. Auburn almost has 8-9 wins guaranteed in conference because it's the toughest place to go play on the road. They play well at home. They're not going to lose more than one game at home this year in conference. That gives them a big benefit. I mean, they're, they're sitting there already – I mean, with eight automatic wins, in my opinion. I mean, it's call me crazy, but it's a big, it's a big deal. Um, go down a little further. You got Missouri sitting at thirty fourth. Remember, they're nine and two. They'll get they get Kansas this week. That'll be a big test for them. And then you got Kentucky sitting at forty. They got a big win against Michigan on Sunday. And let's jump right into it. Let's go right into it. Review the weekend from the SEC from what it was. Uh, the Saturday games, South Carolina. Got the win against Georgetown, a 74-71 win in overtime. Mississippi State, again, we talked about it, handled Mississippi Valley State, 82-52. Arkansas handled San Jose State, 99-58. Vanderbilt getting a three-point win over the Terriers from Wofford, 65-62. Texas A&M, not a great non-conference slate, struggled in their uh, Myrtle Beach tournament. But getting a decent win against a solid Boise State team that will probably finish in the top four of the Mountain West. They won that game 71-86. Ole Miss, a team intriguing, getting some of their guard play back there with Ruffin. Memphis got the win, though, 68-57. It feels like Memphis is playing the entire SEC. I know they play Ole Miss. They play Auburn on Saturday. They get Alabama a week from tonight. I think they still got LSU, and they play somebody else from the league, I think. and They play almost a whole SEC. uh, I think Tennessee, maybe. They play a whole uh, SEC schedule. Hell, I'm pulling it up right now. They play Ole Miss, Auburn, Alabama, oh, Texas A&M. That's the other team. Texas A&M, they'll play from the SEC, and they played Vanderbilt already and won by 10. Uh, so that's from that standpoint. little wrap-up from this weekend. Sunday, like I said, you had the London series, the Hall of Fame London series Kentucky played in. They got the win again. A big win, much-needed win. Both teams needed that, Michigan and in, uh, Kentucky. But Kentucky got the 73-69 win. Also, Florida got the 89-51 win over in-state team Stetson. Missouri getting the 96-89 win against Southeast Missouri State. And Tennessee taking care of business, 94 94- 240 against Alcorn State. Uh, the SEC, again, like I, I, we'll go through it. We'll do our power rankings on Thursday's episode. But I like where the SEC is right now. I was looking, we'll, we'll go over Lenardi's bracketology on Thursday as well. But uh, I'm looking seven, eight teams in the SEC right now. I know some are going to have the Big 12, Big 10 a little better. We'll see how it goes. Hey, next week and a half, though, we'll find out a lot of, uh, I think we'll answer a lot of questions from a lot of SEC teams, a lot of big matchups coming up here in the next week and a half. December 17th will be a hell of a day in SEC basketball. Just to read you that schedule. That's not this Saturday. That's next Saturday. But you know what? Let's, let's change gears here for a minute. We're going to go to the 10th. This weekend, uh, just to get – we'll go more in depth on it. But you got some pretty good – I mean, Oklahoma, Arkansas – yeah, Alabama-Houston, which might be the best college basketball game of the season so far, 8 versus 1. Auburn-Memphis in Atlanta, and you got Kansas-Missouri uh, that night. Those are good matchups. And then the next week, I mean, this is this is where it really gets going. you got Alabama-Gonzaga in Birmingham. Uh, you got UCLA-Kentucky. you got Texas A&M-Memphis. Tennessee-Arizona. you have some good matchups, not only in the SEC, but across the country. 
uh, in basketball. Basketball season's starting to heat up. We're about three weeks away from conference play. Getting right into it. Yeah, three weeks. Three weeks from tomorrow, we will start conference play in the SEC. I talked about that Mississippi State-Alabama game. That'll be the headliner for sure, especially if Mississippi State keeps winning. Uh, but... That should wrap up this first, this uh, Tuesday episode here, just reviewing the SEC championship game. Talked a little po- college football playoffs. Not a real shocker, uh, the final four like we mentioned. Went over some bowl games, top five, top six transfer portal uh, guys from the SEC when the transfer portal opened up at midnight last night. Then just went over the week that was, first net rankings in SEC basketball. But again, just keep joining us on all avenues, on our YouTube channel, uh, on Twitter, uh, Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, all for all the up-to-date action on SEC sports, SEC football, basketball, and baseball. I appreciate you joining us on this episode. Have a great week. Keep following us on Mach 10 Sports for the best information on SEC sports.